It's time for Cubicle Insanity. I've got Kim here with me, and I'm Tammy. We're back together again to talk a little bit about which we love, corporate America, and our jobs, and everything related. Is it only corporate America? Do you know what, Kim? It could apply to any organization that you're part of. Well, 95% of the time. (laughs) Our podcast is a discussion about the real insanity from cubicles in the workplaces, from leadership and leaders to experiences with life in the cubicles. Let's get into our latest cubicle insanity. Let's go. Okay. What do we got? Well, you know what? The great listeners have sent us a few questions, Kim. Q&A time. Q&A right, time. Let's go. Do you you have some opinions, some input, some thoughts you can share today, you think? I've got some thoughts. How about you? <laughs> I always do. <laughs> Sometimes they're random thoughts and always That's not clear right. thoughts, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, we'll go. We'll give it a go. Yeah, hopefully they're organized today. Okay. I'll start with question one. We'll go back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Question Works. one, Kim. The market seems tight to find talent. I hear this a lot, Kim. Fact. You've got suggestions? I think, uh, yeah, I've got a few. Okay. A few things to think about. Um, Because where I work, we're going through that, and we talk about it a lot as well. And um, I would think about, like, why you're not landing a candidate. Yeah. So, again, I think it all comes down to, I think that there's still a lot of talent out there. But I think it all comes down to the candidate experience. Yeah, you know, that's very important. Is um, like when you bring in a candidate, like how do your facilities appear? Are mm-hmm. they from 1970s or have they been upgraded? Because that's one of the things I hear from candidates is even on phone screens, like, well, tell me about your facilities. Tell me about the culture. Right. Are you like a Google? Do you have a whole campus with fun things? Yeah. And they want to know, you know, um, kind of like the environment they're going to be working in. The other thing I think about is like, you know, is your company a known company? Yeah. Even if it's just in your area. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, is there things like that on... Um, Glassdoor. Glassdoor. That's the, what I was thinking about, where people can do the research and find out what other employees current ex-employees are saying about your company. I think last story is important. I'm going to say LinkedIn too. Yeah. Like have a profile. Have you Make sure your company has a real nice detailed profile yeah. out on yep. LinkedIn. Yeah. Encourage your employees to be out on LinkedIn. And I actually worked somewhere where they uh, gave us, I, I'm going to call it tips. I don't know exactly the right word to use about how to make your profile, you know, make your profile kind of stand out, make it be, yeah. have a little bit of a wow factor. Because their thought was, if our employees have great profiles, that you know that helps our, right. our, uh, you know, our uh, our reputation, our reputation. brand. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I mean, who doesn't go on LinkedIn? Like, if you're going to know you're meeting with a slate of people, you typically go in and you'll, you know, yeah, go on, link on LinkedIn and look at who they are and mm-hmm. a little bit about them. So you've got a little bit of way to build that rapport. But um, yeah. So, yeah, that that adds to it as well. Um, You know, the other thing I think about as well is, again, from a candidate experience, like, do you have them fill out something online? And then do you have them upload their resume? Well, they just... Why do both? You know, if they got to sit and type in their name, they got to sit and type in their 
uh, you know, address and they got to type in their degrees or, you know, do the drop down menus and all that. Mm -hmm. And you get through all of that. And then it says, you know, do you want to update or upload your, um, resume? Mm -hmm. What's the point? Yeah. And I would also add to that, be thoughtful of when you're asking for what information, because if they're, if they're applying like initially, do you really need to know their address? You definitely know, need to know their social security number, although a lot of people ask. Yep. Um, but do you really need to know their address? Like, so if you are filling something out, do you need to know that? If it's, if it's uh, something you do need to know, is just knowing the city fine. The less to that candidate experience, the less they have to do means the faster they can do it means it's probably going to be more enjoyable. If they give up halfway through, you're missing out on talent because you're process is so cumbersome yeah and it says about what your company culture is like oh totally like if it's something simple and there's uh, the speed and you can get it done rather quickly i don't think it says the company is a sloppy company i think it just says it's innovative and does what is required or what they need and not all this extra stuff Mm -hmm. yeah so i think that kind of tells you a little bit more about the company yeah i think it's a good call the other thing um I think why companies are losing out, and I speak for my current company, like we have eight to ten people interviewing entry-level roles. Oh, yikes. How many times can you ask a recent college graduate, <laughs> tell me about your experience. Tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. What are they going to, by the time they get to the tenth person, they're brain-drained, and they're just like, okay, I'll yeah. Well, I just graduated, and you know, I was, you yeah. know, on the varsity, whatever, you know, and you're like, okay. Yeah. And then, then you go to the feedback se- session, right? Yeah. And you're the last person to see them for the day, and they've already answered your questions nine other times. You're just like, yeah, I'm not feeling it with that candidate. They just didn't have much energy. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, like, there is technology out there today, Um where you can put the as part of even the application process that they have to do like a little it can be even like a little video response to a couple of questions so if it's that type of question where if you're gonna have six to ten people interviewing that they can just video themselves yeah everybody can see that so then when they do come and meet with people in person maybe it's a fewer number or at least you're starting from a, a different point then right yeah, and talk more about the content of the job and maybe less about the person and yeah. walk me through your resume. Yeah. My number one pet peeve. Oh, in I hate that question. Uh, so did you not read it or are you testing me? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing um, I think why companies are losing candidates is how long it takes them to make a decision. Mm-hmm. So they might think, hey, I'm, I got a good candidate. They're 80% of what I'm looking for. I just want to see a few more candidates in case I can find that purple uh. squirrel or that pink unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 but I find that companies are risk adverse on candidates. They have a hard time making a decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm, so I'm going to add to your all of your criteria. Finding talent, I think it has to start, I'm going to say with the hiring manager, but it really could be a group of, you know, whatever that means at yeah. your organization. But Define what you want. So we all, there's right. there's job descriptions out there, and you, that's what you put on your posting, you put it out there. Job descriptions are crap, every last one of them. Yep. And they don't actually state what that person's going to do. Right. And I've been part of interview teams 
And it's very hard to interview somebody when you don't know what the hiring manager is looking for. So be, be detailed in what you're looking for. Be detailed in what some of those job duties are going to be. Mm-hmm. That helps you find the talent. Because if you put a generic job description out there, I mean, you're going to get people to apply for sure, but it will be, air quote, hard to find talent if you're not putting the right stuff out there. Yeah. So you have to be put a lot of you have to put energy in it's like what you put in is what you get out you right. have to put that energy into understanding what you're looking for what what are the uh what are the capabilities and experience of the of that person that you'd like them yeah. to have what are any sort of like very specific things that you need them to have but then also think about here's the what the job duties are going to look like they're going to work on a project like this or they're going to be responsible for that because that helps you back into yeah the, the person you need. And what you might think is the criteria, because I've heard this before from hiring managers, oh, well, they, I mean, to do this job, they definitely need an MBA. Do they? Yeah. What is it about the MBA? Let's talk about that, that you think they have, because you might get it from a completely different type of person who's going to add diversity of thought right. into your group and approach things a different way, which is going to be marvelous. Yeah. But you, you've already stereotyped in your head what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, the other thing um, I, I think about is you you have to have some kind of a stretch for this. I mean, if you find somebody that's 100% oh, yeah. for a role, like, okay, they're going to come in. Yep, they're going to be able to do the job, but they're going to be bored. Mm-hmm. And I don't get why managers sit and go, well, I'm – I want to see a few more candidates because they might have more of what I'm looking for. Okay, is it more of more towards 100% or all the other candidates have totally missed the mark? But what I'm the point I'm trying to make here is is that you manager, if you go to look for a new job, are you going to look for something where you're going to learn and grow a little bit mm-hmm. or are you going to look for your next job where you're going to just walk in, sit down and and do it? And do it, and it's not interesting. Mm-hmm. If so, why are you changing? Right. And that's what I think hiring managers don't think about is there has to be some something in it for the candidate to learn, to grow, and to improve upon. And at the same time, you manager, it helps you be a better manager to teach and coach and mentor Yeah. people that don't have some part of that job that you're looking for. Yeah, and you bring up kind of a pet peeve of mine from the past, and that is, you know what your budget is to hire, so why are you even entertaining those people who are more like have more experience and are a little bit more senior? Because now you're going to hire somebody, and maybe they'll take the job because they need a job or right. whatever, or maybe you've told them, oh, there's room for advancement. Yeah. But not right now, or I'd be hiring for that. Right. And so now you've got this person that you you're paying the max that you have they're overqualified for the job Ugh. Pet peeve. right nobody's Ab- happy yeah absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely the one the one last thing i would think about like for uh getting the talent right away or are you losing your talent is if you don't have this 10 panel interview of one candidate if you kind of have narrowed it down to like your top one or two or even your top candidate, when they walk out that, that day from the in-person interview, 
can they walk out with a, an offer in hand, at least a verbal offer? Or at least what the next step is. Yeah. Because I think back early in my career, like when I got out of school, university, and then went for my first interview, I knew at the end of that, they said, we want to make you, we, we will be making you an offer. That's funny. My first job, I got a verbal offer. Yeah. At the end of my interview. Right. So what's happened to that? Yeah. How were they? So if I think back to that day, well, first of all, I, I mean, I did have several interviews. So let's say I started in the morning and like mid to late morning, maybe I had, I don't, some were panels. So some were multiple people in the room. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I probably had two or three like sessions of interviews. They took me out for lunch. I came back and that's when I met with the senior person. And while I'm out at lunch, they already had their feedback session. Yeah. And I come back from lunch and he gives me the verbal offer. Yeah. I mean, he chats me up a little, of course, you know, he's got to confirm. Yeah. And then I get the verbal offer when I walk out. I was wowed. Yeah. I mean, why can't we do that anymore? So it's just some things to think about, uh, listener about, uh, you know, finding talent, keeping talent or getting the talent. So Tammy, any other thoughts on that one? No, I, I think you summed it up nicely. I like the think about the candidate experience because, you know, right from the get-go, like, are you posting it in the right places? Or do you have the right amount of details so you get the right candidates? Because yeah. I, th- I I completely agree with you. The talent's there. But are you doing everything you can to get to them? Yeah. The other thing is, I'll throw this out, which is a little bit unrelated, but do you have the type of recruiter who can find candidates? Mm. So some of it is, I'm going to post it. I'm going to look who finds it and whatever. But, you know, there's a lot of people willing to make a change. And do you have the right kind of recruiter that can that can find people and approach them all in a way, again, with a candidate experience in mind, yeah. that makes them want to have that conversation about, yeah, you know, yep. that particular job. So, okay. All right, good. All right, uh, alternating here. Okay, so next question. I left my previous company about three years ago. I'm thinking about going back. Would appreciate your thoughts. Oh, gosh. So I don't know about you, but I, I struggle with this one because I've got some companies in my past where I appreciate all the experience I got there, but I'm not thinking about going back. Hails <laughs> to the no. <laughs> uh, so I, my first question um to this listener is why would you want to go back? Is it comfort? Is it, it's a known entity, but there's a reason you left Mm -hmm. and how much has changed? What has changed either about that organization or about you that makes it good? Like some people are very happy with their job and they leave to go to something else and then they go, Oh, the grass isn't greener. Yeah. But the return is sometimes out of comfort, right? Out of the known entity. Yeah. So wh- I, why, why, oh, why would, w- would you, not that it's always, <laughs> but what I'm thinking about yeah. would not be good for me. So that's where I'm coming from this point of view. But yeah. I mean, what has changed? What yeah. would make you want to consider that? Yeah, because if you think about why people typically leave a company, it's manager is the number one reason. Yeah. So if you're going back, are you going back to the same role? Or are you going back to take the boss's job? Right. But then what happened to the boss? Did they get promoted? Where are they are they still lurking? <laughs> yeah. Or did they leave the organization and it's something totally different? Right. right. Well, but also consider the leadership because your manager, 
so assuming yeah we talk about this all the time a lot of people leave because yeah. of who they the person that they worked for but is the leadership different because that man it was a whoever was around thought it was okay yeah whatever however they were acting right. and behaving and right you know operating their group yep. so is leadership still the same and would they still be you know supporters yeah yep of that kind of behavior And just to, we, you know, um, recently we were talking about engagement. So for your own happiness and being engaged in a job, yeah. if this organization is someplace you think you can do that, then why consider also, not why, but also consider there are other organizations in which you can get that same thing but maybe even challenge yourself a bit more yeah. and, you know, use that brain a little bit more and have some additional challenges. Cause yeah. again, you're going back to kind of a known thing that you thoughtfully had left. Mm -hmm. So is there a way you can grow and have that same sort of nostalgic happiness <laughs> yeah. yeah, elsewhere, but still, you know? Yeah. Okay. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't say don't go back just out of comfort. No. Um, try to navigate, even if it's a difficult environment that you're in, you've been gone for three years, somehow you've managed for three years, mm -hmm. it, presumably that it's the same company yeah. for the last three years. I mean, we don't know that from this question, but um, if not, then... Maybe look for a different opportunity, but maybe I wouldn't suggest going back to the same company unless they specifically call you and, you know, give you keys to the executive office and company right. car and company helicopter or whatever. You know, if the if things are really radically different, okay, maybe it's a discussion and a consideration, but if it's incrementally a little bit different, maybe one role higher than what you left mm -hmm. or whatever, I... I wouldn't advocate for it. Yeah, I'm with you. Go try something different. Yeah, there's lots of opportunities out there. Yeah. We were just talking about talent. People are looking yep. for talent all the time. Yep. Okay. Okay, next question. Cubicle Insanity, ladies. That's us. Woo woo. I love life in the cube. Okay. <laughs> That's a good way to start. We all have fun in our cubes. Oh, no. But... <laughs> We have one person who is negative. Any suggestions on how to deal with our cube mate? Oh, no. You got negative Ned or Nelly. Oh. Trader in for Susie Q. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Find out where Susie Q works. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I think about it a couple of different ways. Are there, is their negativity just who they are and then they finally get around to the positive? Like, do they lead with the negative and finally get to the positive or are they just always negative? And if they're always negative, why? Yeah. And, and with all the fun that's going on, maybe they're not really negative. Maybe you guys are just having a bunch of shenanigans going on during the day and they're really trying to work. They're annoyed. <laughs> maybe they're not finding you as much fun. Um, I think it's okay to have fun at work and you should have fun at work. We spend way too many hours there. Yeah. Just make sure that it's not, you know, a full day of, you know, distractions and not getting anything done and getting anything accomplished. But have you asked the person like, 
what's going on. If they're always like that, then maybe that's just who they are. Mm -hmm. And you got to figure out how to work with that person. Talk to them, understand what's going on, try to draw them out, find out what's fun to them. Yeah. You know, maybe uh, shooting paper clips over the wall isn't fun to them, but maybe talking about their cat is something fun for them. So take an interest in what they have. Um, yeah. I was thinking, be inclusive. Sometimes yeah. I, I, we've all done it, it, whether it's in our cubicles or elsewhere where, you know, we're having a good time. We've got our pals and there's the one person who doesn't really like join in of their own free will. And so we sometimes just automatically think, oh, well, they just don't want to. But I would say put the, you know, make sure you're extending the invite to the fun, you know, like be yeah. all inclusive that everybody feels like they can, you know, participate in the fun banter and, you know, things like that. Because it could be that they seem negative, that they just feel like they're being left out. Left out. Maybe they're socially awkward. Yeah. Maybe they're they don't very, know how. Maybe they're very introverted mm -hmm. and it's not natural for them to just like strike up conversations right. with people. That and, takes too much energy. Yep. 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 So. Yeah. Be, I, I would say be inclusive. Be inclusive is a good way to summarize it. And also remember, you just, you never know. Um, this is my mom's speech. You never know what happened to somebody that day or that right. week. Every, every single person has something going on. Yep. And they may not share it, and that's okay, but they could have something going on. And that is causing them to maybe not be their normal self or, yeah. you know, be, uh, you know, if they, they just may be struggling with something and they're not able to join in the fun. Um, so don't forget about them, you know, like still treat them with, you know, the same cube mate kind of courtesies. Yeah. But they could just have something going on. Yeah, the thing I think about is every day, everybody is a brand new employee. Yeah. When they walk in the door in the morning. Yeah. Right? Because they've either, you know, they've had an easy ride to work, no traffic, or they've got stuck in traffic and they're yeah. beating it to the they door. They got rear-ended. Yeah, to get to mm -hmm. the office on time. Whatever, you never know. So, yeah, every day they're somebody new when they walk in that door. Yeah, yeah. Whatever happened the day before, that morning, yep. they could still be carrying with them. All right. Last question. Number four. My boss is a bad boss. Oh, there's a lot of them. Oh, boy. <laughs> How do I professionally deal with this? Tammy, any thoughts? Oh, man. It's tough. It's really tough. Uh, number, number one, I would say they're a human. Yep. And so there's a reason that they're acting that way. There's, you know... Uh, something that is causing them to be a bad boss and they may not even recognize it, but they are a person. So when you approach them, just remember they are also mm -hmm. just a faulty human. Yep. Yeah. I think you can, um, you know, sit down and talk to them. Maybe, do you value the same thing? So if you think they're a bad boss, why do you value, does your boss value what you think is important yeah. and vice versa so there's that difference there right put yourself in their shoes uh if you had somebody working for you and they thought you were bad how would you want them to approach you yeah. oh you know because of course it the same message can be conveyed in several different sort of voices if yeah. you will so pick the one 
maybe that you think they'll be most receptive to. Yeah. Where they'll engage in that dialogue with you. Right. Right. The other thing I would think about as well is if you think your boss is a bad boss, why? And then what can you do to help them? So I'll give you an example. Like if you think your boss is really bad at having meetings and there's a lot of talk and there's no action that come out of it and that's something that really frustrates you and you think, oh, my boss is really bad and can't really navigate a meeting or conduct a meeting, why not uh, next time propose an agenda with some desired outcomes if you know what the meetings are going to be about give it to the boss and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I enjoy the, the discussion, but I never really walk out of that meeting kind of clear as to what we decided or where we're going. So I drafted up this agenda and give it to the boss and see if they'll use it. Yeah, that'll give you insight into how they'll react too. Like right. they may be super appreciative, like, oh, I've just been, you know, so cramped. I didn't even have a chance to really put a lot of thought into how we would approach right. that. This is great. You know, next time, can you help me put this together before the meeting and, you know, whatever. So right. they might be super appreciative. Or if they get irritated, <laughs> then, you know, maybe a different approach yeah. next time would, yeah. you know, help yeah. you get through. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, what else? Anything else? Um. So I'm going to say from... Uh, so way back when I had a boss and I, I think I've shared the story many times. So obviously it has stuck with me. So I'm going to approach this from the company perspective now. And that is, well, he happened to be a great boss. I uh, enjoyed working for him very much. Um, but so we had somebody not directly on our team, but, you know, part of the, the larger group that quit. And he was so pissed off and I couldn't understand why. So I'm like, why are you so angry that they, you know, gave their notice that they're leaving? Mm -hmm. Like, how does that really impact you? Like, like, why yeah. are you freaking out, guy? And he said to me, they didn't say anything. They did not give me or, you know, their manager, but they didn't give any of us the opportunity to make it better. So why, whatever the reason is that they're leaving, they didn't even share it with us. And now they're leaving with no opportunity. We had... We had no say in it. We we couldn't help out the situation. And now we have to find somebody mm -hmm. new who probably won't know all the specifics about this job. We're going to have to train them. It's going to take time, which means money, yep. which means slowing down what we're doing because we don't have that person helping us. And so I would say with a bad boss, it's so easy to go home angry and you know vent to your friends and family, which do you have to let it out so you know yeah. venting is fine but then when you get to work like you then maybe you start looking for a new job because you're just so frustrated with the situation you're in so find somebody if you don't think you can talk to your boss go to hr uh find somebody that you can talk to to explain you know and and this again goes back to that sort of uh evaluation what is it that makes them bad you know and there's like, you know, if we have a harassment or violence type of situation, speak up quickly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But if it's just like some personality things and things yeah. like that, really evaluate the, the most frustrating situation so you can give specific examples of why, why you feel your situation is tough. Number one, that's going to help understand, you know, what, ha what is happening with this manager. Um, that manager can then have those concrete examples to say, oh, here's how I could potentially change or, oh, I didn't even realize I was doing that. You know, there's various things. So 
don't not say anything. Yeah. Say something. Tell yeah. somebody. Look for somebody who can help you out in that situation. Um, but I think, and I think it's also very professional to be able to verbalize the why. Yeah. If you're just like, oh, well, he's just a jackass. Okay, nobody can help you with that. Right. So what makes him a jackass? Right. So. Yeah. The other thing I would think about as well, um, and, and we're putting it on the manager, right? In this, yeah, how we, we are. How we've responded. But the other thing I would think about is a little bit differently is if you've had two or three managers, and we know that there's more bad managers than there are good, but if you know, you've know you had a streak of three, four, two, whatever the number is, I think you got to be a little self-reflective. <laughs> what? And, yeah, I think you got to be self-reflective. And, and, are you trying to tell me something, Kim? <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I would think about it is like, okay, Am I, do I have the wrong expectations? Am I in the wrong industry? What is going on? That would be one thing. But the other thing I would think about is as you go for that next interview, you know what you haven't liked about your previous bosses. So ask those questions in the interview. So you basically are interviewing your new boss to make sure you are being hired by someone that you think you're going to be able to work with. A hundred percent. Completely agree. You, and I think that that comes over with, with experience that you do, like even young in your career, uh, you know, we had my daughter on, she was interviewing yeah. and things like that. And that was something like that I had talked with her about, but you know, she's a millennial. She approaches things differently too. But she went in from the get go with a little bit of the, um, is this a fit for me kind of perspective? Right. And that's a great way to look at it is you're, people say, oh, well, you're interviewing just as much as we are, you know, that kind of, and it's true. So if there's things you know that you really value, appreciate, makes you successful, ask those questions. Yep. And I would say be willing to hear the wrong answer. Yeah. Yeah. And don't, I, as much as you might need a job and sometimes we've all had to take a job because we've needed to, that's understandable, and I, I respect that. I've yep. personally done that. But if you have the opportunity, if you're currently employed and you go for an interview, say at another company, and they make you an offer, but you know you just have this sense through you interviewing them, don't take it. Mm-hmm. Again, it might be for more money. It might be a promotion and title but if it doesn't feel right, if it's not the culture or the answers that you know are right for you, don't take the job. Yep. Super hard to do. Absolutely it is. It's like buying a new car. When you're yep. haggling, you got to be willing to walk away. Yeah. There's a, another car lot, you know, right down the street, much like yep. there's another job Yep. down the street. Yeah. Patience. Yep. Be true to yourself. All right, that was all the questions we had from our loyal listeners. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, loyal listeners, keep writing in. Peopleconsani at gmail.com. Yep. Um, okay, state the obvious, shall we? State the obvious. Let's run it back through. All right. Talent is out there, Kim. I think the point we really focused on was think of the candidate experience. So if you're the hiring manager, think about that. If you're the candidate coming out there going, I'm talent. Hire me. Yeah. Um, 
think of all those things kind of on the backside of that and how you can approach looking for those jobs and finding them. Um, returning to a prior workplace. There might be good reasons. <laughs> yeah. uh, th this one is one I've not considered, so it makes me giggle a little out of yeah. maybe uh, fear or awkwardness. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but evaluate why. You know, make sure it is there's a reason you left. Evaluate the why. What's, you know, what would be the, you know, pros and cons of going back versus maybe just finding either another position or organization where you can get the same good stuff but maybe get a little bit more yeah. um, for yourself in return. Cube mates. Yeah. We all love them. Uh, some are super fun. Others, not so much. Um, be inclusive. Be a good cubemate back. Uh, be understanding. Try to take a look at it from their perspective. How could you, you know, what are they feeling? How could mm -hmm. you best include them or at least not annoy them? Um, and the last one, bad boss, which, you know, we talk about a lot. Talk to your boss, talk to somebody if there's, you know, issues going on. Yeah. Give them the opportunity to, to hear about it. Offer up suggestions. Kim, you talked about, you know, maybe it's not always about what is, what is bad or what's causing the, the situation, but how can you help it? So offer up suggestions, put some recommendations out there. Um, and then, to your point, be self-reflective. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it really all the bosses, or are you contributing to the, the situation? And, and what can you do to yourself to help improve? Right. All right. So I think those are some pretty obvious um, points and some things that we can all think about and do. So good questions, so thanks. All right. So um, thank you to all of our listeners, and thank you to all of our active military and um, veterans, please stay tuned for our next episode of Cubicle Insanity.